thank you for this opportunity to get into your word. We believe, Father God, that by your spirit, it will be revealed to our hearts and that it will change us as we yield ourselves to it and become doers of it. Glory to God, when we do that, Lord, you said in your word, we shall be blessed. I expect to see greater things and understandings of you and your ways today. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. Amen. Open your Bibles quickly, please. A lot of scriptures today, but that's okay. How many know that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God? Philippians 3.13, and I'm going to read two scriptures here in the Amplified Bible. I do not consider, brethren, that I have captured and made it my own yet. But one thing I do, it is my one aspiration. Forgetting what lies behind. That's 2018. Straining forward to what lies ahead. That's 2019. I press on toward the goal to win the supreme and heavenly prize. To which God in Christ Jesus is calling us upward. Friends, you've got to understand. We have a goal that we're supposed to be straining forward. Straining to. Trying to get to. Pressing forward with everything that's in us. And that includes this upcoming year. It's okay that 2018 is now over. How many know that's true? And I understand probably everybody in here has probably had some good times and you've had some challenging times. But how many know that that's gone? That is, we look back on that. And again, we could probably have people come up here and testify some good things that have happened to you. But today, I want to put our focus on what's coming up. I want to put our focus on 2019. Because there's a stirring in my spirit, and I'm going to keep saying this, that the best days are before us. And I firmly believe we're going to be seeing some incredible things happening in the earth as God shows up and begins to do some, I mean, just amazing. I was going to say crazy. Amazing and crazy things to many people and through many people. The question is, are you going to be one of those people? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You know, it doesn't matter. I mean, I understand this upcoming year is going to have challenges. I understand there's going to be tests. There will be trials. But how many know because we're living for Jesus, we can make it through no matter what we face. That he will lead us and guide us through any challenge. Hallelujah. We'll come out the other side victoriously. Hallelujah. Well, that's good news. It doesn't matter what you face. As long as you look to him, he will see you through it to the other side. Amen. And and listen. This upcoming new year has the potential to be the absolute best year you've ever experienced. Notice how I use the word potential. That means that it's going to really be up to you and me as to what is going to happen next year. Now, I know there's going to be curveballs thrown at us. And and you know what I'm talking about. Sometimes life throws you curveballs. Sometimes you get lemons thrown at you. What are you supposed to do when lemons come at you? Make lemonade. Amen. But the point I'm trying to make is this. I believe if we keep looking to God 
and we keep yielding to his spirit and we keep receiving the word of God and responding to the word of God, there's going to be some glorious days ahead of us. I am believing this with everything that's in me, friends, that our best days are before us. 2019, I believe, holds days that are going to change this world forever. I am convinced there are going to be some miracles and signs and wonders happening that are going to take this country. I mean, I listen, I wouldn't find it a strange thing if Fox News, the national Fox News, ends up in this place because of the miracles that are going to be happening here. I said, I, I believe that. Yeah. National news. Yeah. I mean, I, I've been reading about every now and then. I hear about a, a, little, a little boy over in, this, this, in California, I think it was, that was healed miraculously of a tumor. Just gone. I read of another person that had something in their brain, was healed. Bam, instantly. I'm believing God that those kind of things aren't going to be happening more and more and more frequently. And those kind of things are going to be happening Right here in this place. Amen. Now I want to read to you a prophetic word given to Brother Jerry Savelle concerning this upcoming year. When I heard this word from the Lord, I knew in my heart that I was supposed to share it with you right now. And I was supposed to teach you along these lines. Why? Because as I said earlier, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I want to get us stirred up to believe God for what I'm fixing to read to you. I want everybody in this place to be stirred up and be believing God for what's going to happen here at Celebration of Life Church and in your lives and in my life. Hallelujah. Listen to this. Well, I mean, first of all, let me share this with you. The, the word of the Lord the, the, uh, that God gave to Brother Jerry for 2018 was simply, how many remember what that was? Show me your glory. How many times did we say that throughout the year? Show me your glory. Well, this is the new prophetic word. If you're taking notes, you need to write this down. 2019 will be a year of marvels, wonders, and extraordinary manifestations of the greatness of your God. I'm going to repeat that. And, I, I, and I'm hoping somebody's going to get more excited than you're showing me right now. 2019 will be a year of marvels, wonders, and extraordinary manifestations of the greatness of your God. Woo! Glory to God. Now, I don't know if you realize this or not, but that prophetic word ties in with what we've been preaching in this place for the year of 2018. All throughout this past year, we were teaching on one particular topic, what manner of man is this? What have we been learning about? We've been learning about how Jesus did things. Why? So that we can turn around and do things just like Jesus did. We're followers of Christ. We're not supposed to be like the world. We're not supposed to, re to react like the world. We're not supposed to do things like the world. We're called to do things like Jesus. And that's why we've been on that topic for so long. And I firmly believe we're going to get back on it, but it's going to be in the area that I thought we were going to get into right away. And we're going to start talking about how Jesus healed. And you're going to find out that Jesus wants to do some healing through you and through me. And as, I'm going to teach you how. How many want to learn about that? Praise God. So I believe that that prophetic word ties in perfectly with what we've been teaching in, in this place. Now I want to reemphasize this. This isn't going to happen for everybody. 
It's only going to happen for those who believe. But how many know that we're called believers? And what is it that a believer is supposed to do? Believe. We're called to believe. I'm telling you right now, if you want to have these things happening here at Celebration of Life Church, you're going to have to turn your believing up. You're going to have to get over into faith. You're going to have to be confidently expecting these things to come to pass. Not just here, but throughout wherever you go in this society, wherever you go in this town, wherever you're at, expect God to show up and do some things, miraculous things through your life. I'm expecting it. And I'm excited about it. Wonders, marvels, uh, uh, extraordinary manifestations of the greatness of our God. I'm expecting it. How about you? Don't just be looking at me and nodding your head and say, yes, Pastor Dan. I'm expecting it to happen through you, Pastor Dan. No, I want you to get a hold of this word. Because this word is for each one of you in this place. If we hook our faith up together, if we come into agreement about this, God will be sure to show up and do these very things in our midst. Amen. I want it. I I want it. Brother Jerry was talking about how, how God will manifest himself to those who are hungry. To those who are hungry. But he made this statement. So many of us use that word hungry so loosely. I mean, think about it. We can go out and we can eat a big breakfast, but a noontime rolls around and all of a sudden we're saying, boy, I sure am hungry. Are you really hungry? Or are you in the habit of eating at that time? See how I'm saying that? Sometimes people say it, but they're really not there. They're not really hungry. And that's where I want you to get to where we're hungering for the things of God. Where we're hungering for this prophetic word to come to pass here at Celebration of Life Church. I want this church hungry. Hungry. Everybody say hungry. Hungry. I want you hungry. I want you hungry. I want you hungry. I want you hungry for God. For the things of God, for His glorious presence, for His goodness, for His power to be on display. Amen. The gifts of the Spirit will manifest in a place where there's hunger for Him. The Bible says we're to covet those gifts. We're to be wanting them with everything that's in us to to manifest God here in this place. Here in this place. Hallelujah. Are you hungry? Are you hungry? Now, I understand. Listen to me. It can be a process. Have you ever had come to church before? And you came to church really needing something. Am I the only one that's ever come to church needing something? I'm, what I'm trying to get at, sometimes it's true. We may need something from God. In fact, pretty much all the time. But the point I'm trying to get at or get to excuse me, is this. If you can learn to train yourself, I'll say it that way, to when you come through the doors of this church and you come into this sanctuary, that you come through those doors, through those doors, and the only thing is on your mind is, God, I'm hungry for you to move. I am hungry for you. I want to experience you today. 
God will show up. Amen. I want it. I want it. It will not be church like normal. It's going to be turned up. It's going to be glorious. I desire that with all that's in me. I have seen things happening in this church. Steps being taken to go up higher. But friends, we're nowhere near where we're going to be. I said we're nowhere near where we're going to be. It's going to take an effort of us coming together as one. Become making a symphony together in agreement with one another for the things of God to show up in this place. To explode in this place. I want, come on man, I, I want to get ahead of myself. Go with me to Exodus 34. But I want you to say this, I'm a believer and not a doubter. Say it again, I'm a believer and not a doubter. Amen. Brother Hagin used to always say that. I'm a believer and not a doubter. But go with me to Exodus 34. I'm going to build your faith up this morning to expect to see and experience God showing up in this place and to be used by him to perform the miraculous. Don't you want that? Come on now, don't you really want that? I want it. I crave it. I want it. Can you tell? Can you tell? There's something stirring on the inside of me. I know I'm getting excited and I know I'm getting loud, but there's something stirring in me. There's something stirring in your pastor. And I want it to get off of me. I want the flames burning on the inside of me to leap off of me onto you. I want to see you get excited about the things of God again. I want you to leave from here saying, God, just use me somehow, some way. To minister your goodness. To minister your power. To minister your presence in the lives of the people I had come in contact with. Amen. Glory to God. So here in Exodus 34. It's right after Moses had, who had asked the Lord to see his glory. And, and, and the Lord replied. Now notice, I thought this was so neat. When, when Moses asked to see God's glory, the Lord said to him, I will make all my goodness pass before you. Isn't that amazing? When it's talking about the glory, it ties in with God's goodness. Amen. And then he said, and my glorious presence will pass by you. Praise the Lord. Now look in Exodus uh, 34 verse 10. And he said, behold, I make a covenant before all your people I will do marvels such as have not been done in all the earth, nor in any nation. And all the people among whom you are shall see the work of the Lord. For it is an awesome thing that I will do with you. The New Living Translation says this. The Lord replied, listen, I am making a covenant with you in the presence of all your people. I will perform miracles that have never been performed anywhere in all the earth or in any nation. And all the people around you will see the power of the Lord, the awesome power I will display for you. I want you to notice the word covenant. Now, I know probably everybody in here, because if you've been coming to this church I've shared with you the fact that there are two covenants. The Old Covenant and the New Covenant. Or you could say the Old Testament and the New Testament. But this covenant here is not referring to that particular covenant. The Old Covenant. 
The old covenant, first of all, let me share this about it. The old covenant, you had to take the blood of bulls and goats and rams and lambs. And that blood would be laid on the altar. And that blood would cover the sins of the people. It didn't do away with them. It just covered them. But under the new covenant, praise God. The Lamb of God laid down His life and shed His innocent blood. And that blood, not only, uh, 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 not only can we get forgiven of our sins, but it cleanses us from all our sins. Our sins are washed away. Our sins are remitted. Amen. Glory to God. That's why, listen, that's why the covenant we're now under is a better covenant than the old covenant. That's one of the main reasons why. Amen. Glory to God. You know, it's just, I, I really want one day to teach you about the covenants found in the Bible and what that means to God. A covenant to God is so powerful and so important for you to grasp and understand. Friends, I tell you what, when God makes a covenant, hear me now, it's a solemn oath. It's a pledge. It's a promise that he will always uphold and see to it that it comes to pass. Did you hear that? In fact, I want you to turn with me to Hebrews chapter 6. And as you're turning there, I'm going to read some other scriptures. You can look up here at these other scriptures that speak of God in his covenant-keeping ways. Listen to this. Psalm 89 verse 34. He says, my covenant... I will not break, nor alter the word that has gone out of my lips. The New Living says, no, I will not break my covenant. I will not take back a single word I said. That's powerful. I will not take back a single word I said. Psalm 105, verse 7, I'm going to read this from the Amplified. He is the Lord our God. His judgments are in all the earth. He is earnestly mindful of his covenant and forever it is imprinted on his heart. The word which he commanded and established, now notice, to a thousand generations. To a thousand generations. Isaiah 55 verse 11. And I know a lot of these scriptures might be familiar to you. But they bear repeating right now. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void. But it shall accomplish what I please. And it shall prosper in the thing for which I send it. Now listen to this, that same verse from the message translation. I got it up here. So will the words that come out of my mouth not come back empty handed. They'll do the work I sent them to do. They'll complete the assignment I give them. Isn't that awesome? Glory to God. It sure sounds like to me that our God is a covenant-keeping God. And he's declaring to us, if I said it, that settles it. And as long as you believe it, I will look over that word to perform it in your life. And it's not just for you. It's for a thousand generations after you. Glory to God. Now look at Hebrews chapter 6. This is when God made his covenant with Abraham. 
Hebrews 6, beginning in verse 13. I'm just going to read all these for time's sake from the New Living Translation. He says, for example, there was God's promise to Abraham. Since there was no greater to swear by, God took an oath in his own name saying, I will certainly bless you and I will multiply your descendants beyond number. Then Abraham waited patiently and he received what God had promised. Now, when people take an oath, they call on someone greater than themselves to hold them to it. And and without any question, that oath is binding. In other words, now listen, when you go to court as a witness, what do you have to do? You have to hold up your right hand and you have to say, I swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So help me, God. Is that not right? What is that called? You're swearing by someone higher than you. But God, with God, there's no one higher than God. There's no one greater than God. He is the most high God. There is no most higher God. He is the most high. Amen. So notice what he did here. Verse 17 says, God also bound himself with an oath so that those who received the promise could be perfectly sure that he would never change his mind. So God has given both his promise and his oath. These two things are unchangeable because it's impossible for God to lie. Boy, this is getting me excited in my spirit. Therefore, we who have fled to him for refuge can have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. God is saying to Abraham, if I don't hold up my end of this covenant, or if I break it in any way at all, If I don't fulfill what I've promised you, I will do. I forfeit everything I am as God. And all of heaven will be turned over to you. Did you hear that? Now, I realize that might sound a bit overboard and far-reaching. But what God's doing is letting us know something so important. And if you can't get anything else today, get this. God will never, ever break his covenant with us. Ever. It's impossible. It will never happen. God is unchangeable. Once he says it, that settles it. There's no going back on it. What has God spoken to you? What has God spoken to your heart? God can't go back on it. He's not going to change his mind. And because we know that, he's given us his promise. He's given us his oath and that acts as an anchor to our soul. We can know, God, you told me this. You told me to come here and start this church. You've spoken to me about this church and it's an anchor in my soul. I know you're going to fulfill exactly what you told me in my heart. 
And because of that, I can step out confidently, fully believing that he's looking over his word to perform it in my life. And he'll do the exact same thing for each one of you. Hallelujah! That's powerful! Is our God a covenant-keeping God? Oh, glory to God. His, he cannot lie. It's impossible for God to lie. Mm, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So, get this. I want to go back and look at this covenant once again God makes with Moses. We're going somewhere with this. We're talking about the prophetic word for 2019. The Lord replied, listen, I'm making a covenant with you. I'm making a covenant with you. In the presence of all your people, I will perform miracles that have never been performed anywhere in the earth or in any nation. And all the people around you will see the power of the Lord, the awesome power I will display for you. I want to give you some definitions here. The word marvel, it means this, that which arrests the attention and causes a person to stand or gaze or to pause with admiration and amazement. It's anything that causes you to have a sense of awe and reverence. In other words, you're captivated by it. And you know that it has to be God. The word miracle is an event or effect contrary to the established constitution and course of things. Or a deviation from the known laws of nature. A supernatural event. Where'd it go? It is a supernatural event. The word wonder means this. It's an emotion which is excited by novelty. Or the presentation to the sight or mind of something new. Unusual. Strange. Great. Extraordinary. Or not well understood. Something that arrests the attention by its novelty. Its grandeur or its inexplicableness. Something that cannot be explained other than it had to be something God did. Simply put, listen, it's something that makes you stop and say, I wonder how that happened. Glory to Jesus. So that's marvel, miracle, and wonder. So what kind of covenant does God make with Moses here? One in which he tells him that he's going to perform miracles and marvels and wonders that have never been performed anywhere in the world. That's a covenant God made with him. Now, what we got to understand is that when God made this covenant with Moses, it was right after the Israelites had been set free from the Egyptians. So this is after that. How many know there were a whole kinds of miracles that took place right there when they were getting, you know, escaping? How many know about the, when they came to the Red Sea and the Red Sea parted and all that good stuff? But this is after all of that. But my question is, was there any miracles and signs and wonders that took place after that time when they were traveling through the wilderness to the promised land? Were there any miracles and things that had never been seen in the earth before? How about manna coming down from heaven? Food to feed millions of people coming down from heaven. Amen. And what about hitting a rock 
And out of the rock poured all kinds of water, enough to, that everybody could get their fill on water. And what about, I mean, what about the time when, when there was, the people were complaining and murmuring, and all of a sudden these snakes came out of nowhere and began to bite everybody? And so Moses was told to put a snake on a pole and hold it up. And when the people looked at that pole, they were healed, even though they had been bit by poisonous snakes. Is that something that had never happened before? Glory to Jesus. Was God fulfilling what he had promised Moses? Was he fulfilling his covenant to Moses? Now, I won't get ahead of you, get ahead just a little bit. This covenant wasn't just for Moses. I said this covenant wasn't just for Moses. I hope you're listening to me. Because when God makes a covenant, it's not just for those he's making it with. It's for a thousand generations afterwards. The only key to this coming to pass in your life and my life is we're called to oh hallelujah glory to God friends our God is a covenant keeping God our God is a covenant keeping God I want to say it again our God is a covenant keeping God he's a God who always keeps his word, and he loves to perform miracles and wonders and marvels this earth has never seen before. Glory to God. Listen to Joel 2.21. I want to share some other scriptures with you here. The Bible says in Joel 2.21, and I'm going to read it from the Amplified once again for time's sake. Fear not, O land. Be glad and rejoice, for the Lord has done great things. Now, what's so awesome about the, those two words, great things? Listen to what it means. That which is beyond the usual. How many believe that God is wanting to do some things in your life that are beyond the usual? Whew, glory to God. But if that's going to happen, we're going to have to take God out of the box. How many know that he's not God in the box? He's unlimited. I said he's unlimited. You know what ends up happening? We, with our finite minds, we limit God and how God can do things. He's limitless. Everybody say he's limitless. Which means he can do it any way he wants to do it. God is able to do things so beyond the usual that if we would simply take him at his word and stand in confidence and know that if God said he's going to do it, he's going to do it. It may not happen the way we think it's going to happen, but glory to God, it's going to come to pass. Are you hearing what I'm saying there, friends? God wants to do some incredible, miraculous things. But we're going to have to say, God, I'm throwing off all the restraints. I'm breaking down any boxes I might have. I don't care how it happens, but I am convinced it's going to happen. You made a covenant with Moses that you were going to do marvels and miracles in, in, in extreme manifestations of the greatness of our God. And I believe that you're going to be doing that today, right here at Celebration of Life Church, and in my life, and through my life. I don't care how you do it. I just know you're going to do it. My God has done great things. Things beyond the usual. Then uh, that goes on to read in verse, 
very familiar scriptures, verse 28 and 30 through 30. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And verse 30 goes on to say, I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth. How many believe that God wants to show wonders in the heavens and in the earth? Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. And now look at Psalm 77. Love this. You are the God who does what? Notice it doesn't say you are the God who did wonders. It says you are the God who does wonders. Is that present tense? Did it, I say, Thank you for the two. Yep. You are the God who does wonders. Is that present tense? Does that mean he still does wonders today? How many believe that God is still the God of wonders today? How many know that God wants to do wonders today? Oh, thank you, Jesus. Psalm 96 says this. Declare, your Declare his glory among the nations, his wonders among all peoples. For the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. Psalm 136 says this. Oh, give thanks to the Lord of lords, for his mercy endures forever. To him who alone does great wonders, for his mercy endures forever. Does God do wonders? Is he the God of wonders? Thank you, Jesus. Is he still the God of wonders today? Under the new covenant, the covenant that you and me are a part of. Is he still the God of wonders? Oh, thank you, Jesus. Has God changed? You know the Bible says that God cannot change. He will not change. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I tell you, I'm telling you, by the Spirit of the living God, He's wanting to do some incredible and amazing things in and through your life. He's wanting to do some incredible and amazing things in and through my life. I am believing God for it. How about you? Can you see something's happening in your pastor? I'm getting more excited than usual. And that's saying a lot. Because see, I've been believing for this kind of thing for years. I've been calling forth these kind of things for years. But I believe 2019 is the year we're going to see it happening all around us. Glory to God. Miracles. Wonders. Signs and wonders. Glory to God. Were there any wonders and miracles done during the days of Jesus? Listen to these. Again, I'm just going to read it. Matthew 8, 23. Now when he got into a boat, his disciples followed him. This is, if you remember way back when we started the teaching, what manner of man this is. This is one of the accounts of our foundational scriptures. And suddenly a great tempest arose on the sea so that the boat was covered with the waves. But he was asleep. Then his disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us, we are perishing. But he said to them, Why are you fearful, O you of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. Notice verse 27. So the men marveled, saying, Who can this be that even the winds and the sea obey him? How many know that that should be said of you and me? Who are these men and women? 
that even the wind and the waves obey them. Well, what happened to all the shouting going on there? They got lost some people. Are we not supposed to be able to do what Jesus did? Did Jesus speak to the wind and the waves and they obeyed him? If it was all up to Jesus, and I know I'm going back and preaching from the very beginning of my teaching on this subject. But if it was all up to Jesus, he wouldn't have rebuked them for their lack of faith. He would have simply said, thank you for waking me up. If you hadn't waked me up, we'd all be dead right now. That's not what he said. He got on them because they could have done what he did. We can expect to do things that cause people to marvel. Amen. Verse, uh, Matthew 9, verse 1. So he got into a boat, crossed over, and came to his own city. Then, behold, they brought to him a paralytic lying on a bed. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, be of good cheer. Your sins are forgiven you. And at once some of the scribes said within themselves, This man blasphemes. But Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Why do you think evil in your hearts? For which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven you, or to say, Arise and walk. But that you may know the Son of Man has power on the earth to forgive sins, then he said to the paralytic, Arise, take up your bed and go to your house. And he arose and departed to his house. Verse 8, notice. Now when the multitudes saw it, the multitudes saw it. There are a lot of people just saw this. They marveled. And notice what happened after they marveled. They glorified God who had given such power to Jesus. They had given such power to Jesus. Is that what it says? They had, they marveled and glorified God who had given such power. I got a question. Are you a man? Human. Human. I know some of you are women. But understand how I'm saying that. Are you a man or a woman? Power has been given to you. And if we will learn to step out and believe God, we're going to do the same kind of things that Jesus did. And the people will marvel at us. The multitudes will marvel at us. And then turn around and glorify God. I want this so much. I desire this with everything that's in me. I want to be used by God to do things that cause the people around to marvel. Them to glorify God. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Matthew 9, 32 and 33. As they went out, behold, they brought to him a man mute and demon-possessed. And when the demons, demon was cast out, the mute spoke. And the multitudes marveled, saying, It was never seen like this in Israel. Does that sound like the covenant God made with Moses? There are going to be some wonders and marvels ha happening that this world has never seen before. It was never seen like this in Israel. Glory to Jesus. So now what about in the early church? I'm almost done. Can you stick with me a few more minutes? Did they perform miracles and signs and wonders? Acts 5.12 says this. And through the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were done among the people. Many signs and wonders were done among the people. You know what? Listen to me. I just got this. It just hit me right there. They were doing many signs and wonders among the people. Let me tell you a little secret here. 
They did not have the understanding and revelation of Jesus Christ the way we do today. I hope you're hearing me. And there are a whole lot more people on this planet than there were in that day. In fact, those signs and wonders were happening really in a kind of an isolated place. Are you hearing me? It wasn't a very big piece of the country. I'll say it that way. Of the world, I should say it that way. It wasn't a big place that was, these things were happening. But how much more should they be happening? Not just in Israel or in those surrounding areas. It should be happening all over the world. And there's a whole lot more people for it to be happening with. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 14 of Acts 5 says, And believers were increasingly added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women. See, again, signs and wonders happen, people getting born again. So that, now get this, verse 15. So that they brought the sick out into the streets and laid them on beds and couches, that at least the shadow of Peter passing by might fall on some of them. Also, a multitude gathered from the surrounding cities to Jerusalem, bringing sick people and those who were tormented by unclean spirit, and they were all healed. Mm, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. People were healed when the shadow of Peter fell on them. The shadow of Peter was anointed. Do you think God wants to do things like that in the earth today? Can something like that still happen? Jesus. And notice how when they brought the sick and those being tormented by unclean spirits, they were all healed. They were all healed. They were all healed. Not one of them left from that place that wasn't healed. That wasn't set free. Not a single person left from there wondering, I wonder why it didn't happen to me. All of them got healed. Hallelujah. You know, what I believe we need to do? We need to get rid of some statements. I want, to write, I want you to write these down. I don't want to hear you say again, that's impossible. I don't want to hear you say again, I've never heard of it being done that way. I don't want to hear you say, I can't believe that. Don't utter those words from your lips. In other words, listen again, we must remove the limits from our finite mind. Put it on our infinite God. Thank you, Jesus. If he wants to cause people to be healed when my shadow or your shadow falls upon them, so be it. Let it happen. And, and, and if he wants every single person to be healed who comes through those doors of our church, then I say, come on, there's a healer in the house today. There's a healer in the house today. There's a healer in the house today. I believe for miracles. I believe for wonders. I believe for signs. Glory to God. Listen to this, Acts 6, 8. And Stephen, now this one ought to really rock your world. And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and signs among the people. He didn't just do wonders and signs. He did great wonders and signs among the people. 
It does not elaborate and tell us what that included. But I'm telling you that that boy was probably doing some crazy things. And why? Because he was full of faith and power. Plus, there's this. A lot of times people like to say, well, that was the apostles. They had to do it to establish the early church. Friends, Stephen was not an apostle. In fact, he wasn't even in the ministry. He had just been selected to serve the people. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yet he was used by, he was just someone who was a part of the congregation. And yet because he was in faith and in power, God used him to do great wonders and signs among the people. I would stand on that scripture if I were you. I'm going to be just like Stephen. I'm going to be just like Stephen. I expect to do great wonders and signs among the people. Amen. Romans 15. I'll close with this scripture. Verse 17. But I'm going to read it from the New Living. So I have a reason to be enthusiastic about all Christ Jesus has done through me in my service to God. To God. This is Paul speaking. Yet I dare not boast about anything except what Christ has done through me. Bring the Gentiles to God by my message and by the way I worked among them. They were convinced by the power of miraculous signs and wonders and by the power of God's Spirit. Oh, hallelujah. Does our God still want to do miracles today? Is our God still the wonder-working God of the Old Testament? Is He still doing these things that He said He was going to do to, said to Moses way back when He made covenant with Moses? Is He still wanting to do those things today? Or has He changed? Whew, glory to God. Friends, listen to me. He made a covenant. He made a covenant with Moses. And that covenant is still being held, upheld to this day. Our God is the God of miracles. Our God is the God of signs and wonders. All he needs us to do is to believe. Is to believe. Is to believe. I believe. How about you? Oh, thank you, Jesus. Listen, 2019 will be a year of marvels, wonders, and extraordinary manifestations of the greatness of your God. Do you believe it? I know I do. Glory to Jesus. As long as we, re we receive this prophetic word, mix our faith with it, we're going to see the manifestations of everything happening. I'm telling you, are you ready? I know. See, see, what I'm doing by saying these things, I believe, first of all, I'm being led by the Spirit to say these things to you today. But I'm stepping out over a ledge. I'm calling for things that a lot of ministers might be hesitant to do. But I'm not. Because I believe my God is wanting to do these kinds of things. I believe that God is going to be showing up and showing off in a greater way, in a greater dimension than ever before. I'm telling you, there's going to be some things happen that you thought, wow, how did that happen? How in the wonder did that happen? All God's going to do is smile and say, As a result of those signs and wonders and marvels happening, people are going to get born again. And people are going to get delivered and set free. 
And I tell you what, we're going to bring in this end time revi- I mean, uh, uh, harvest. And Jesus is going to come back and we're going to rise to meet him in the air. I want it to happen with everything that's in me. Now, next week, we're going to talk about this in a greater way. And I'm going to begin to share with you some miracles, signs and wonders that have been happening. That happened back in the uh, uh, healing revival. Back in the, the, what was it, the 40s and early 50s, I believe it was. I'm going to share some miracles that happened at Azusa Street. I want to share some uh, miracles that have happened through the ministry of Jerry Savelle and some other miracles that have happened down through the years in other ministries. Why am I doing this? I want to get you stirred up. I want to keep your faith stirred up. Because this isn't something I want to just have me preach about right here at the end of 2018 as we head into 2019. And that's going to be the end of it. No, I'm going to keep this church believing. I'm going to keep this church stirred up. And we're going to see these very things happening in Jesus' name. 2019 will be a year of marvels, wonders, and extraordinary manifestations of the greatness of our God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You may bow your heads. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. We Thank you for your word. Your word is truth. I believe this is the direction you wanted us to go in, Lord. I firmly believe in Jesus' name. This is a church where we're going to let you be God. Do what you want to do. Let us with your presence. Let us with your goodness.